I think so often as entrepreneurs, you get so lost in your business and your business becomes your identity. But like, I am, I am an entirely different person outside of the business. I mean, the business is my life and it's an extension of me, but it's not all of me. And so learning how to, you know, just be a daughter to taking care of my dad with Alzheimer's, you know, being there for my family, being a friend to Laura and not just her business partner when she needs something, you know, making sure that we're, we're taking vacations, going away, that, that Laura's daughter is, you know, being supported by her mom. Like those are all really important things to me. And so you, you have to do the deep work personally and get over your, like, obviously we would not be here if I had not sat down and been like, okay, your money mindset sucks, Betsy, get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> coming from. So it's just all the little things, relationship issues come up. You got to deal with them. Money issues come up. You got to deal with it. And if you, if it's like playing whack-a-mole with your past and your emotions, when they come up, you have an option. You can smack it. It'll go down, but it's going to pop up when you least expect it. Or you can like stare it down, give it the evil eye and work it out (laughs) on its own. Welcome to the Lifestyle Edit Podcast, a show about creative female entrepreneurs and the businesses they've built. I'm your host, Naomi Mdudu, the Lifestyle Edit founder, business strategist, and coach to creative female founders ready to scale their businesses with intention. Each week, I sit down with a guest to pull back the curtain on the strategies successful entrepreneurs are implementing to scale their income and increase their impact. We are cutting out the fluff to give you weekly insights to uplevel your mindset and tap into your infinite potential to create a life and business you love on your own terms. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Now let's begin. Laura and Betsy, welcome to the Lifestyle Edit Podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank Thank you so much for having us. I am so pleased to have you because I had the honor of being on the Luscious Hustle podcast at the tail end of last year. And I felt like it was like kindred spirits. There were so many synergies between the things that we're doing in our business, the way that we see business in the world. And yeah, just loving all of the things that you guys are doing. So I'm really excited for us to have this conversation. I think a good place to start off is your business is called Luscious Hustle. And I think that very often we associate hustle with that kind of pushing and forcing um, nature that's kind of become really popular in the discourse around entrepreneurship. So I really love that you guys have kind of reappropriated the word and redefined what going all in means. So could one of you just explain what does it mean to be a luscious hustler and why did you want to kind of take ownership of that word? Mm. Well, I love this question and thank you because we have worked, I have a funny story about this, but we worked really hard we to re, rename, re, restory what a hustle is and in particular a luscious hustle. So in like really short, easy terms, um, everything that we do in our business, everything that we teach in our business is that balance of divine feminine and divine masculine energy. All of us in the world, women and men, we all have a mix of both of those energies. And um, so the luscious is the divine feminine. It's your intuition. It's your flow. It's like connecting to your higher self, connecting to universe, source, God, um, and, and what it is really like living out your purpose. 
And then the hustle side is the divine masculine because we can't just be like la la in flow all the time. <laughs> we have to still take action, right? We still have to be grounded and and take action in our business. So it's that like that really divine inspired sort of go getter action. And you know, hustle does have a really it got really popular for a while, and then now there's kind of this like reverse backlash against mm. it, um, particularly among anyone who considers themselves a spiritual or soulful entrepreneur. Um, because like who wants to really like grind and work hard and be stressed out all the time? Like that's, most of us don't go into business for ourselves because we think it's going to make our lifestyles worse. We, we wanted to make life better. And, you know, Betsy and I both are very driven. We're very ambitious. Um, you know, Betsy can speak more to her background, but like she came from like the fashion industry in New York, working like a very, go-go corporate job. I originally started in as a pediatric nurse, but still like lots of hustle in working in acute care. And then I like started a network marketing business and I hustled hard in that because I want, I was ambitious and I wanted to build something up for myself really quickly. And we both burnt out. And so then we're like, okay, so we know that we need to take action, but clearly just pushing hard and hustling all the time in a like very wounded, wolf of wall street type of way is not the way to go. It doesn't feel good to us and it energetically burns us out. So the way that a lot of people are hustling in the world, it's wounded masculine. It's like that really pushy, forceful, it doesn't feel good. And so we are like, we're going to redefine this. We are going to luscious hustle. It is going to be that, that dance between divine feminine and divine masculine, because you need both and just figuring out how to, I don't like the word balance, but I like the word harmony. Like how to harmonize that into your life and your business because your business can't take over your life. Then it's like, what's the point then? Your business should be the thing that actually supports and underpins the lifestyle that you desire to have. Yes, 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 yes. See, everyone listening is nodding and now you can see why I love these <laughs> ladies so much. Um, and it's so true. Um, Betsy and I caught up in New York a while ago. We had some coffee and I just walked away from our conversation. So charged, so pumped. Um, and it was just really beautiful to learn more about the kind of genesis of your business and just to see the kind of state of flow and knowing that you guys are in now. But I think it's really important for us to kind of walk through the journey because I think it can be disheartening sometimes when you always see people once they've got to that stage and you don't actually know the kind of behind the scenes journey that has got them there. So could, Betsy, could you just walk us through the kind of genesis of your business and some of the kind of infliction points um, and transitions that you've made that have really helped you get into um the place that you are now where your business is really serving and supporting the lives that you both want to lead? Yes. Such a great question. And also I left the day from coffee, like <laughs> totally charged up for about a week. So I am honestly <laughs> good with that. I was watching from Insta stories and I was really <laughs> there. <laughs> we got to do another New York date for sure. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Um, yeah. So our business, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be one of those people that sits here and says like, it was always easy from day one and the pieces just fell into place. Like, no, we hustled actually <laughs> and had to redefine, like Laura said, what that hustle was for us. But 
our business grew very organically. Like we started, we both had a mission. We wanted to talk to women. We wanted to connect with women. And when we first started working together, we were building two different businesses. Like I was a health coach at the time. Laura was doing her network marketing, but we were just drawn to this idea that we could empower women through conversations and supporting each other. I think that's the cool thing about our partnership and and the work that we do is because we understand that at the core, there's healing, there's empowerment, and it's a flow of information from us to them and just leading by example. Like I, I used to think, I used to be the person that didn't want anyone to see me or ask me a question. And like, I'm totally transparent now, <laughs> which is a huge thing for us. Um, but yeah, I think the business just grew organically. We did a podcast for a year under the name Luscious Living. And as we began building and answering people's questions, I mean, our audience is incredible because they're so interactive with us. We realized that there was a need for women to learn how to build businesses that didn't just lead you into burnout. And as Laura said, like I worked in the fashion industry for 12 years or something ridiculous like that. And it was just, it was just go, go, go. I was on a 24 hour work cycle and I loved it. Like I loved what I was doing, but my body just couldn't sustain it. And so when we created Luscious Hustle, we really dove into how do we manage our energy? How do we manage the flow in our business? And I will be the first to admit, like when we started Luscious Hustle and people started talking about flow, I would nod my head and be like, oh yeah, I totally get what you're saying. <laughs> I had no clue what they were saying. I was just like, what is this thing that people keep talking about? <laughs> I want yeah. that. And it's, you know, it was, it was trial and error for us, but we, but as we got into the divine feminine, divine masculine, as we understood and healed our own energy, it allowed us to sort of step into a larger role where we could support more women. And then organically again, we went from one mini course called Luscious Hustle Academy into creating a mastermind, which is just thriving now, and ultimately to our Moon Goddess course, which is the shortest course we run. And it's all the same message. Every level of our business is the same. Like, let's empower you with the tools you need to heal and grow and create something that is luscious and full, but also supports you. So you've introduced these programs, which we're going to get into because I'm so fascinated, especially about all things using the moon for your business, which you guys are like pros at. Um, how do you, how have you decided what that next service is going to be, that next program? What does that look like? Because I think it's one of those tricky things as soulful entrepreneurs we're always looking for ways to support people but I think there could be this tendency of okay this isn't working so let me try something else and you know you're throwing everything at the wall to see whether it sticks how is that evolution of those programs works what are you thinking about considering before you're adding something else onto your plate in your roster Oh my gosh, this is such a good question. A good I feel question. like we were just talking about this with one of our mastermind students the other day. Yes. Um, like this week. Um, this is this is the thing. Like you, there always has to be this constant ongoing conversation between you and your audience. Like what do, are they really asking you for? And then also what are you feeling really called to do? It has to be a combination of both. Um, as an example, and also to just be open-minded that you figure out what their problem is and the transformation that they need to go through. And are you the right person to create that transformation? And then you decide the vehicle that it needs to be. 
we see a lot of people getting stuck on, I need to create a program. I need to create a course that I can sell online. Like they get really stuck on what type of vehicle the transformation needs to happen instead of mm-hmm. the transformation itself. And I, I breaks my heart when people make programs, like they put hours and hours and hours into building some sort of online course or something, and then they go to sell it and it's not selling and mm-hmm. nothing could be, it is like a just crushing blow to you to put that much time and energy into something. And then it doesn't, or it doesn't work out. And if I can use us in, as an example, back in like the fall of 2018, Um, we had an idea, we had done some trainings with our mastermind. We're like, these are really dynamite. Like we should turn some of these into like a mini course. And we were like all gung ho and going to go for it. And then, um, and and we never, we never started, but we didn't start it. We, we actually scrapped the whole thing before we even got started because I got into our Facebook group, like our luscious hustle insiders group. And I was like, just reply. I'm always replying. Like we get lots of DMS on Instagram. I'm replying to comments on Instagram, replying in the Facebook group, always trying to stay connected to our audience. Like I like using, cause I'm a nurse, like using the analogy of like keeping your finger on the pulse <laughs> yeah. of what's happening. And I was like, you know what, Betsy, like they don't want this. Mm. They don't. And they don't we want were it dragging right our heels too. Like yeah, on our end, we were yeah. just, there was something that was blocking us and we, we, we had a plan, sit down, record, and we just like, weren't doing it. So I think it's like a twofold thing. Like you have to listen to yourself but and your audience. And if both are pushing back, you take that step back. And you yeah, it, it, that's the luscious part, that divine feminine intuition. Like what is your gut telling you? Forget what like some webinar you watched or like Facebook ad that so-and-so is putting out this course and oh my gosh, they made all this money and they have a fancy funnel and whatever. Like what is, what is your inside saying? If your inside saying a big hell no, <laughs> don't do it, right? And so then we completely scrapped it. We took some time to like sink into ourselves and be like, okay, well, what do we really want to talk about? And what do our, our luscious hustlers, like, what do they always get jazzed? And we're like the moon. Mm-hmm. And, and Betsy for the record has been literally, I'm not even exaggerating, studying the moon for like 30 plus years. Like she was <laughs> a small child when she first started studying the moon there. What she doesn't know about the moon is not worth knowing. And, uh, we, we've been actually building our business using the moon as crazy as that might sound. And we're like, maybe our audience is ready for this. Like maybe they are ready to go like build strategically, uh, build a business, but using a very, you know, air quotes, woo woo tool like the moon. And so we just went for it and it felt so aligned. It felt so good. And our audience responded immediately to it. So like, that's a, like that, it happens to all of us. Like, I don't care what stage of business you're at. You have to always be like checking in, keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with your audience and your tribe. And then tuning back into yourself. Like, what what am I meant to deliver right now? And like moon goddess could have been delivered in a variety of different forms. We happen to choose running a course that involves like live coaching because that is where the greatest level of transformation happens. So I am so pleased that you said that. Cause I think again, it all goes to the business needs to serve the life that you want to live. And more importantly, like how you want to feel. I've felt that too. There's, you know, so many people will say, Oh, but why don't you just package all of what you teach in your one-on-ones into a course? Like courses are the things they're growing by X percent each year. And I'm like, I get it. But I love that interaction with people. I love coaching. That's why I do this. I love working one-on-one. I love working in groups. And I think it's important to be aware of what's going on in the industry, how things are evolving, where things are moving. But we always have to put that 
through a filter of what actually feels good. It's the same thing. You know, everybody's doing these big live events. So you feel like you need to start doing live events. And it's like, no, we need to make sure that yes, we're keeping up and we're seeing how the market is moving, but we're always putting it through the filter of, does this actually feel expansive to me? Or does the whole the idea of it give me anxiety? Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the other thing, the anxiety, we get so many people that come to us and, you know, even in our early course, Luscious Hustle Academy, people will go through and they signed up because they want to be an online entrepreneur. So they immediately assume they either have to have an online course or they have to be a coach. And the reality of it is there's so many different ways that you can work in the online space. You don't have to be a coach if that's the thing that gives you anxiety. If you like being behind the camera and teaching, then a course is of course the way to go because you get to control your situation and how much exposure you have. But you don't like it's not mutually exclusive and you don't have to do both at the same time. And so what we like to do is peel back that layer of what is it that's really calling to you? Do you want to just be a copywriter? Do you want to just be a blogger? Do you want to be doing this? And there is no right or wrong answer except in your own soul that's going to tell you, this is where I'm going to flourish. This is where I'm going to grow. And that's how you build a luscious hustle because you're starting with the luscious soul level that's mm-hmm. going to build something that's, that it is sustainable because you can do it for a long period of time and still be happy. Absolutely. Hustles burn out. Yeah. No, completely. And it's giving ourselves that space to be able to have the download so that it mm-hmm. is coming from ourselves and being really kind of in tune with how we want to feel. And I think the way that you launched that program is testament. I remember Betsy, you were saying that it was the most natural, easy launch that you guys have ever done. Can you, can you walk me through it? <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So Laura, Laura sent me a Voxer in the morning and she's like, okay, so I'm thinking like January and we were doing sort of the launch schedule and what, what it was going to be. And she left me this long Voxer and I was like, yeah, no, I'm just going to do it today. I'm going to go on Instagram. <laughs> and he hadn't even heard my message back. And I, it's so funny that you're asking about this because I found the Insta stories on my phone like two days ago. And I, and as I was watching them, I, I mean, it was genius of me. I, I don't know where that came from. I think that that was one of those divine downloads. I just got on Instagram and I was like, yeah, so you guys keep asking me, how do we run the business by the moon? Here's what we're going to do. Would you like to learn? And there was no sales page. There was no sales funnel. Um, we bit. actually right at the end, put up a sales page simply because we could not keep up with the emails that were coming in. Wow. And yeah, it was just all, I literally at the end, it was like, DM me if you're interested. <laughs> and that is how we launched Moon Goddess. And the second time around, we did it differently and we did do more of a launch for it. But yeah, it just, I think if the idea is inspired, and I will say this, I mean, Laura's right. I've been studying the moon for a very long time. I knew exactly what it was going to look like. There was no, I didn't need to plan it or write it. I just needed to step into what I was being called to do. Um, but it didn't feel complicated. It felt so organic and we built the course live. So we had an outline. We knew when we were going to put live videos up and what we were going to talk about, but we built the videos in real time, edited them. So they're super professional and just we were building the content as we were going through and still showing up live. And it was so much more dynamic in the Mm. sense that we could answer the real questions that people were having and work them through the blocks. And so now when we run the program, we still have the videos that were done in the first group, but 
we're still able to get in there, answer the questions, keep it super dynamic because I personally feel like the moon is dynamic and people need support when they're learning because it can be a little bit overwhelming to really do it right. Yeah, so. we're doing, I mean, it's incredible. I just love our moon goddesses so much because they come so ready to do that deeper transformational work. Like it's, sometimes it blows me away with it, what people will share with us, but I'm so grateful that they do because if you can really crack that nut, like just crack into your soul and like, let's get the junk out and un- unpack that box and go through with it and deal with it. That that makes them move through and grow in their businesses so much faster because then they can, they know themselves. They understand their connection to the moon. They understand how to work their energies. They grow with it really quickly. Um, I, they, I just, we, we really attract the best people um, who are just really ready to do that work and like step into that higher level version of themselves. So what yeah. did that in-between stage look like? So I guess it'll be interesting to find out what it was like in round one and round two. So from the time that you announced it, can you kind of walk us through some of the steps that you took to launch? Because I know that there'll be lots of service-based professionals listening who want to launch a new offer, a new service, a new program, but are kind of fuzzy in that in-between stage. Like how much runway are we leaving? What kind of activities? Is it showing up live on Instagram a few times a week? Is it being on stories? Is it going in the DM? What are some of the strategies that people should keep in mind when it comes to preparing for a launch in a program so that they're setting themselves up for success? Mm-hmm. I love this Such question. A great question. Oh my gosh. I'm yeah. like, I'm really fired up actually. This is another one that came up recently on a coaching call this week. You're getting like all the latest conversations. Um, okay. Here's how Betsy and I met. We have the same last name, Milne, not very common. Um, we are not related. We're not sisters. We're not cousins. Like we are legit total strangers who live 3000 miles apart. But I, we connected and became friends because I slid into her DMs in 2016, uh, before anyone else was sliding into DMs, but (laughs) you know, like that you need to be sliding into people's DMs. Like this is the thing people put a, they'll put up a sales page and they will go fuss forever about the copy. And I'm not saying that sales copy isn't important. It definitely is, but it's not the only thing. Before we jump back into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that we are officially accepting applications for my business mastery group coaching program. So Business Mastery is a six-month intensive program that supports mission-driven creative female founders to create wildly profitable businesses doing what they love without strain or hustle. So during our time together, you will learn how to craft powerful offers, master your message, build a profitable audience, and grow your service suite. You'll know how to confidently price and communicate your services in a way that feels aligned and not salesy and so much more. My goal for you just isn't about scaling and making money and that's it. I want so much more for you than that because here's the thing. I want you to be able to build a profitable business so that you can have the kind of freedom you dreamt of when you first started. 
ultimately, I want you to create a business that starts supporting you instead of the other way around. And business mastery is how we can make that happen together. So if you're highly motivated, know you're destined for more, and ready to connect and learn alongside like-minded women on a similar trajectory, business mastery will support, challenge, and inspire you to create the business you know that you're truly capable of. So find out more about the program and book a complimentary call to see whether it's the right fit by heading to thelifestyleedit.com and clicking on the work with Naomi tab at the top or clicking on the link in the show description. You need to be getting into your DMs, like whether it's if Instagram and Insta stories and DMs are your thing, great. If you're all about your Facebook group or like posting on Facebook, what like wherever you love to be, Twitter, I don't care. But like get in the trenches is what I like to say. Like get in, get a dirty, start having real conversations with people and just not trying to sell them right off the gate, but out of the gate, but just what do you need? What do you want? What are you struggling with? Where do you see yourself in six months? You know, and understand where they're at because if you again, it's like, that's how you have your finger on the pulse of what people really want leading up to a launch. So that I always feel like when you're, when you're leading up to a launch, you should already feel very confident that like, who's going to buy this program from you? Like, where are your people? Are they, are they ready and hungry and ready to like click that button and say yes? And I think that's a lot of people, they're not doing enough work to really cultivate the culture around their brand and the engagement and having those genuine connections with their audience so that they know like what is going to happen when I, when I like (laughs) launch this sales page and launch it, pull the trigger. Right. Like, and a lot of, I think that, you know, unfortunately, um, again, like love my fellow entrepreneurs, but there's been a lot of disservice done to entrepreneurs in the online space because there's this notion like build the course, put the sales page up. If you have like do the Facebook ads and you have this amazing funnel and boom, you'll make all this money. It's like, you know, if you're building people who have really successful evergreen courses that are making six figures or seven figures, like I guarantee you, they ran that thing many, 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 many times before. And they were doing it themselves and they were doing it live. And they were like getting in there and having conversations with real people before they were really fully confident that the thing that they had created was like ready to rock. They had, you know, answered and nailed out every objection imaginable through their sales copy, through their funnel, through their automated emails. Like it takes a lot of work to get there. And I think in the beginning, you really just need to get in the trenches and get connecting with people. Yeah, completely. Yeah. And, and it so- doesn't, and it doesn't always have to be these, these crazy things like one of the things that we're always doing is having a look at the downloads for our different freebies just to get a gauge of like oh okay that one is far outperforming this one so people seem to be more interested in this topic again going in the dms and really understanding how people are communicating their problems seeing how the engagement for different types of posts on social um the kind of disparity and the, the numbers and really using the data and that engagement to really validate an idea so that like, like you said, Laura, when you're launching, it's not like, let's hope they like it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Betsy, I interrupted you. Well, no, the other thing is, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to engagement and really building those relationships and like, we knew the moon was going to sell because of the questions that I was getting, like basically on a daily basis, And part of why we built this course was like, I was just tired of people asking me the exact same question three times a week. And so, 
you know, when you're launching something that's new, you have to be willing to stand with your audience as they move through their objections and their fear. And I think that this is another thing that we see people struggle with. It's like, you know, how we've been taught to run an online business, Facebook ads, get on stories, do this, do that. If you're not willing when somebody writes you, if you're not willing to ask a question first and get them to answer you, but if you're not willing to answer them and go to them and meet them halfway, then you're actually not going to convert. And so for us, it's really about like, yeah, we do a lot of Insta stories. We did a couple lives. We launched with this last go around, we launched with a webinar and then we had a full, how many days did we do Laura? Seven or 10 days of mm-hmm. like launching. It was, it was a pretty short launch actually. But yeah. yeah, like we don't do super long launches because my energy just doesn't sustain for that long. But um, it really was, you know, getting into DMs, asking questions in polls, responding to poll answers, and having really deep conversations before people spent any money. Like there is an there is a time investment to stand with people before before the course. And to me, it's worth it because we get people that are so open and ready for a transformation. So that would be my advice too. Like, don't be afraid to get in your DMs, move them to email, all the things. So when you have moments like that, where you've got this kind of short window to to launch and bring people in, how do you stay high vibe, high energy and kind of remove yourself from the expectation <laughs> because of course we want it to be successful. We want people to come in. How are you guys managing your energy so that you are high vibe, but you're not like refreshing your email every minute to see whether a new stylist come in. <laughs> mm, yeah. That's important. I never yeah. do that. Isn't that funny? I no, don't, I don't really either. Fresh. It's like, I mean, it sounds like cheesy, but I'll watch pot never boils, right? Like you have yeah. to put the pot on the stove, turn the heat up, and then kind of stand back a bit and do something else. Like you can be attracting attention to the boiling pot and you can be talking about the boiling pot, but like, don't just stand there and stare at it. Um, And yeah, for Betsy and I, like, I mean, it's funny that we launch a program about the moon, but then we definitely use the moon and really honor whatever phase the moon is in currently and really tune into our own energies in that moment. Um, And, you know, and we're very mindful of like when... When, if doubt is creeping up, like if you feel that doubt, cause, and it happens to everyone, you're halfway through a launch and like those little nagging thoughts of doubt will creep up to you. You've got to deal with those head on. You can't just push them aside and, and be hoping that things will be okay. Like if there's something icky happening within you, in your energy, that will translate through your Insta stories. It will translate through your posts. It will translate through podcast episodes. People will hear that level of insecurity. And so it's just a matter of like, okay, going in, like, where is the doubt coming from? Why am I doubting myself? How can I build a body of evidence to prove to like, where's that doubt coming from? It's coming from my ego. Okay. So like, where can I, how can I build a body of evidence and celebrate the wins that I've already had and prove to myself that I can be successful and that this is a good, great launch and that I can do this. And then it's not so much that, you know, your ego never goes away, but we're just going to put it in a corner and tell it to shut up (laughs) and then go back (laughs) to like focusing on what feels good, what is high vibe and really just connecting with your people. Mm -hmm. Betsy, how do you guys deal with reservations that come up, especially when it comes to money? Because I think that is often the place where a lot of people get really triggered. They're in that launch period. They're having sales conversations 
and the issue of price comes up. So even I guess the first step is how do you go about pricing when you're launching a new program? And then how do you, what advice do you have about dealing with um, reservations um, when you're kind of communicating that to your people? Mm. Such a great question. I, you know, pricing's really funny in the online space. We have been told on multiple occasions that our mastermind is like too inexpensive for what we're doing and Moon Goddess is way more value than what we're charging. So, you know, that's always really nice to hear, but we feel really solid in our pricing and it just feels good to us. I think at the end of the day, if you don't believe in your pricing, then it's going to become a block that keeps you from selling your program or selling, you know, your coaching packages or whatever it is that you're doing. So I always, I always think that we should look inward first when it comes to pricing and then compare to what's around. And then you can, you can get a better sense there. When it comes to price objections, you know, we have a coach and she says (laughs) that, um, you know, when somebody says no, or there's an objection around money, it's really an, it's like an intimacy issue. You know, it's like, how open are they willing to be? Like, do they want to get intimate with you? And for a long time, I didn't understand that until we launched Moon Goddess. And when you're doing something that is this transformational and this deep-seated, and you're breaking through limiting beliefs, and you're hardwiring your brain in this new way, and you're tapping into this energy that you didn't know that you had, it's truly transformational work. And so for us, when it comes to price objections, I can sit with somebody for as long as they want to object. (laughs) Like I have no problem. My job in that moment is to paint the picture of the transformation that they can have for themselves. And so it's really just feeling through what they're going through and then stopping them from spiraling. So money objections are funny because once you start, you can't stop. It's like, oh, okay, first it's time. Then it's, well, I'm overwhelmed at work right now. Then it's, you know, I, I've got family obligations. Like the list will go on and on and on. And a good coach can stand in that moment and be like, here's the picture that we're painting though. Let's go back to your big vision. Let's go back to that big dream. What is it that you want to accomplish? And nine times out of 10, you can turn them into a sale if you're just there with them, open with them and let them work through what they're going through. Mm. Oh, so, so true. And I, that's why I'm a big believer that in order for us to be able to hold space for them in that way, we needed to have done the personal work when it comes to mm. money ourselves. So Laura, I wonder like, how has, how has your relationship with money evolved, especially through entrepreneurship? Well, so that's interesting. I have always been really good with money. Um, but I'm, I am, I'm really good with money, <laughs> but I think, ways. I think that it's, you know, I'm only starting to just sort of like reversion, reverse engineer and, and dissect what that really means. Um, and I think, you know, if you ask somebody like, do you like spending money? They'd be like, oh, of course I do. Who doesn't love shopping? Like, please, we all love shopping, but that's not what I mean. Like being good with money means like, are you good at attracting it? Are you good at receiving it? Are you good at caretaking your money? In other words, managing it. And are you good at releasing it? Like people would might say to you, oh, of course I'm good at spending money, but then ask them to make a big investment in themselves mm. and they will freak the F out. So actually they're not strong at releasing money. And to kind of piggyback on what Betsy said before, you know, 
people, if they're coming to you and they're really interested in whatever it is you're offering your product or service, um, they're, they want it. Like if they're already on the phone or they're, they're talking to you, they're connecting with you email and DMS, like they, they want it hundred percent. It's just the objections are actually the wounded feminine, most likely, especially if you're working with women, like they are in their wounded feminine. And when you're in your wounded feminine, nothing is ever good enough. It's like you're an empty vessel that needs to be constantly filled and it's just never enough, never enough. And so when they're sitting in that fear, they will, like Betsy said, they will spiral downwards into more like, I don't have enough. I don't have. And then it's really is for us. It's about standing with them in that fear and and like shoulder to shoulder. Okay. Like let's work through this. And those are the people who need the course the most, right? They, and they yeah. intuitively, whether they realize it consciously or not, they're the ones who need moon goddess because if they are struggling with these money issues, um, they're going to struggle in their business. They're going to mm-hmm. really, really struggle to receive money in any capacity and to ask for money and to make a sale and to be successful if you are in your wounded feminine. And so we need to heal that. And so we just stand with them in that and we don't let them sink down into their fear because that's silly, right? The transformation of their, they've already said on like their soul and their higher self has already said yes. And it's their ego that's cutting in and be like, no, 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 no. We, you won't be able to pay the bills. This will never work. All these doubts. And so we just have to stand with them in that and see past that to what the transformation can be. And, and that's really powerful. Like that's really, that's what Luscious Hustle is about. It is about understanding that the, the feminine and masculine energies, um, understanding how our soul works with that and how we can work ourselves through that. Because ultimately any problem that's on the outside of your business, um, whether it's like, you're not making enough sales, you're not making enough money, you, um, you don't have enough followers on Instagram. Like your, your list isn't growing. Those all trace back to like your sense of worth, your sense of self. There's maybe some inner demons that need to be unpacked. And and that like that to me, that's, I've always been really strong with money because I, I understand like the three transactions that have to happen with money. You have to be able to receive it. You have to be a good caretaker of it, like honor it and what it's doing for you. And then you have to be able to happily release back out into the world and know that you're not just, it's not leaving you. It's going out into the world to do work for you. Yeah. Um, you know, so like an example, like really tangible example, when I was, when we first started the podcast, so this was like early 2017. Um, my daughter was not even two yet. So, you know, mamas, you know, like you've got this like small child that just like runs like all over the place for 12 hours a day <laughs> or more when she never napped. And I was like, Hey, even though like we just had a podcast, we weren't making any money. We hadn't monetized it all yet, but I did still have my network marketing business going. And I just had a moment one day. I was like, I, I need childcare. I have to, I need to have another mom looking after her for a few days a week so I can get some shit done. And I had to fork out a lot of money to make that happen. And that was, I had a moment of fear. I had a moment of panic. I was like, Oh my God, like I'm putting out this money and you don't see an immediate return on it. It's not like you spend that money, right? That first check for childcare and then instantly money shows back up in your bank account. Like you have to trust that it's going to go out in the world and do good things for you. And that that abundance will come back to you. And hands down, that was like a huge first step for me to make that investment in myself and to rethink, like rewire my brain about what, what it meant to spend that money in that way. Um, and I mean, that was just the beginning, right? Then like that allowed me to have so much space and time as an entrepreneur to do the work and to build this brand and to build this business. Oh, I am so pleased that you said that because 
you have a great episode on your podcast. It's all about kind of redefining our relationship with business expenses because I do think that yes many of us are plagued with lack I had similar experiences that even as my revenue was growing I would find it so easy to pay for contractors and things like that but when it came to paying myself it was like no we've got to keep it in the business (laughs) you know it was like this, this this fear like and, and I talk to people, they're like, the whole point of having a business is that it needs to take care of you, right? But I think we have this, um, it's so easy as the founders to kind of be in this martyr place that we're so like panicked and are coming from this place of scarcity that we don't, we don't see that, yes, money comes in, money goes. It's the same thing as kind of investing in ourselves. All three of us have invested in group programs, masterminds to kind of up level. And it's that stepping into that feeling of knowing that yes it's going to come back and it is this kind of beautiful energy exchange so i wonder with with just just that topic itself because i know that that's one of the things that a lot of people listening are going to be struggling with is how to figure out how much they should be paying themselves as founders so i wonder how you guys have approached that in your business especially seeing as you have co-founders your co-founders Betsy, would you like to talk about receiving money? <laughs> so true story. Um, I'm the one with the money issues, actually. I'm, I'm in a really good place now, but Laura had to be very, very patient with me. When we first started paying ourselves, like I would have panic attacks. Like She would send me money and she'd be like, next month, we're going to double this. And I would get so angry. I would like snap at her. I would start crying because I was just so afraid that by accepting money from the business, I was somehow taking away from the business. Yeah. And I think that that, I think that that is misguided. <laughs> um, but the funny thing about me was at the beginning of our business, when we first hired our first coach, like we were paying $2,500 a month. We committed to that for six months, right? $2,500 a month. Yeah. 2,500 US. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we didn't, we had enough to pay for the first month and we had no clue how we were going to do the rest of it. And what's funny is we paid for her every single month, every single month we made enough money to cover that. And then some, but it wasn't until at the end, like it was, (laughs) I had this moment where I was like, why are we paying everybody else and not paying ourselves? Like I got really angry for a while. I'm like, why am I not good enough for the 60 plus hours that I'm putting in right (laughs) now? with all the edits and all the things, I'm like, why am I paying somebody else to do this for us? And so there is a dance. And I think that part of, part of my realization over time, oh, PS, by the way, I was also the one in the business when we like first signed up for our platform where we run our courses. I didn't want to spend $125 on that because that felt like such a big number, but we were paying $2,500 for a coach at the same time. So like <laughs> there's a lot that I had to work through, but I think, I think it's just understanding and you know, work, you know, everybody wants to have a six figure business, like a hundred thousand dollars. I'm going to feel really good. But what you forget is that you need to have a healthy business and there are expenses in the business. So if your revenue is a hundred thousand dollars, that doesn't mean you personally are going to make a hundred thousand dollars. And I think when we got it on paper, like this is what we want to make personally so that we can feel supported. This is what the business needs to do and save and feel really comfortable our business has always felt really healthy financially to me. And so now I'm at a place where I can accept that money and I feel really good about it and it has a purpose. And 
Like I get excited about it. Like if Laura doesn't pay us like right on the first, I'm like, what is going on? Do I ask for it? Like she's going to have a heart attack. See, we got to love entrepreneurship. It brings up our stuff, but it gives us the opportunity to heal that. It's exactly, exactly the same with me. And that's why I really love with your content that you do have the woo that I love so much, but it's always grounded with strategy. Like you had another great episode talking about profitability and it links back exactly to what you were saying about Betsy, about feeling supported, but making sure that you're saving and the business is in a really great place too. What do, mm-hmm. what advice do you have when it comes to profitability? What should people know about? Because I think that there is this confusion. And I always say to my clients, you know, Revenue is vanity, profit is sanity. And there just isn't a lot of conversations about profitability. It's about growth, 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 and always looking at that top number. And so they may have six figures on paper, but they're not paying themselves adequately. They feel like they're running themselves ragged, working every hour God sends, because nobody's talking to them about profitability. What are some of the things that people should be thinking about in order to maximize the profits in their business? Mm, okay, so well, I'm the numbers, the numbers chick in our business. I, I do I run all that. And you know, with all of our students, we always write work out like wealth ascension plans. Like what are you ascending to? Um, but you know, and as woo-woo as that sounds, and there is a lot of woo in there, there's also a lot of just like, let's do some straight up math. I was raised by a high school math teacher and I was totally that kid who had to do like extra worksheets at the kitchen table just because like, anyways, um, I really want women, especially women, because we still, I, I, I go for coffee dates with women locally and you ask them about money and you watch their bodies. They physically recoil from the question. Their shoulders hunch over and they just like, <gasps> they move backwards. And I was like, oh, this is not good, ladies. Like if we are going to step into money and wealth and being able to do things with that in the world, we have to learn to love our numbers. I want people to get really clear. Like, yeah, you're right. Not just talking about like, what is the revenue? Because that's what gets bragged about on social media everyone's talking about revenue, but people aren't talking about whether or not they're paying themselves. They're not talking about, are you able to leave your job and go full time or not? Um, And we're not talking about like, what are expenses? Like really, realistically, I want people to just, first of all, like get it on paper, learn to love your numbers. Um, When I started out in my network marketing business, I, I didn't have like a separate bank account for the commissions I was making. Everything was just going into my like my personal checking account. And I wasn't really keeping track of anything. So I would like host an event and I would have gift bags and I would do this and I'd do that. And I really wasn't paying attention to what was going out and what was coming in because I would get a commission check each week and I would be like, Oh cool. I made money. And then when I actually stopped and did the numbers, like even for a single event, I was like, damn, I made nothing. I made nothing. And I had to ask my mom to babysit for free. So what's going on here? And I think that a lot of women are just really scared to look at it and get real. And yes, like, here's the thing, any emotion that we feel, if you actually allow yourself to fully feel the emotion, it only lasts for like 10 to 15 seconds inside your body. So do the numbers, write out like, what is it that you want to be able to pay yourself so that you can go from a side hustle to your business being your full-time, if that's what you're going for. What are all of the expenses? Like, what does the business actually need to make to support you? Start with what you want. Don't start with like, 
know, scraping by for scraps, like start with what you want and then try to then reverse engineer how you're going to get there. Um, and, and just trust that like you, you have to, you, if you write down those numbers and you're like, want to throw up afterwards, sit in that, <laughs> let yourself feel that feeling fully and then it will pass. And then we can have a clear mind and we can start to work forward. Um, in terms of like, okay, how am I going to make this profitable? Where am I, you know, what's converting at the highest rate? Where do I get the most engagement? Where can I put my energy that it feels good? And we can start to turn out a greater revenue there. And that's like looking at, you know, keeping track of what your profit actually is. One of the things, no, totally. One of the things that keeps coming up is keeping track. So I wonder what are the metrics that you guys are constantly looking at in your business? Laura. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, you know, we are actually kind of re overhauling our, like how we track things right now. Um, because we're bringing on more people to the luscious hustle team. And that's interesting is like when you are, when it's just you as a solopreneur or like Betsy and I are, work together for, you do everything yourself for a long time. And so you, then you, you can, things can get slippery where you're not really tracking. So we are always tracking like what convert, we literally like have a spreadsheet and we're going to track like what conversations are we having with people? Who have we been on a breakthrough call with? Like, um, have we followed up with them? What's going on? What are their objections? How can we meet them? How can we support them? And like really actually paying attention and putting, cause I mean, a spreadsheet seems very cold and masculine, but it's just an organizational tool. Really, when I'm looking at that spreadsheet and I'm seeing that name, like I, I want to like close my eyes and like feel it in my heart. Like, okay, like who can I, who can I connect with? Like, what does this person need from me? How can I support them? Um, but we do like legit, we track it. We track like who are we're connecting with and having conversations with, because that's really important. And when we started, you know, really paying attention to our breakthrough calls and paying attention to the connections or relationships that we're creating in our community. Um, that's when like our, our sales calls used to be terrible. <laughs> we had like a horrific conversion rate and now our conversion rate is like 80%. Wow. Sometimes more depending on the month. So, but it's like, you have to keep track of it and like tapping into like, okay, this is where we left off that conversation with that person. Like, what do they need? How can we support them? Where are the majority of your leads coming from? Is it your email list? Is it Instagram? What is really working for you guys right now? The podcast? I would say it is a mixture of the podcast and Instagram. Yeah, I, I find that. That, I would say too. Yeah, I, I think we've a lot of our mastermind, like our newest mastermind and coaching clients, they have just randomly found us on the podcast and come to us and it has been they decided before they came to us that we were the ones for them. So that has been really amazing. And then when it comes to Moon Goddess, it's a little bit the podcast because we do talk about it a bit on the podcast, but I think it's mostly Instagram there. So mm -hmm. you have to just know where your audience is hanging out. And our girl is hanging out on Instagram. So we will mm -hmm. always be on Instagram. So do you think because they're finding you through those means that are very personal, the podcast, they're hearing you in their earbuds, the Instagram, they're seeing you on stories, they're seeing your lives, that that's, is that contributing to the high conversion for breakthroughs that they've kind of already made up their minds before they've got on the call? Uh, I think yeah, so. I would think so. You know, our, all of our ladies, all our moon goddesses, all our students that we've had in the past, our current mastermind, they are smart, man. They are really intelligent, soulful, um, 
like these are, I get so excited just like to every time we talk to them in Voxer, cause like these are the people who are going to freaking change the world. I love them so much. And, and they are just, they, they put so much time and energy and effort into all of their businesses and their brands and supporting the people like that they're connecting with the women who come to us, like they know they're smart. They know they're capable. They know that they're meant to do something greater in the world. They're just stuck. And mm-hmm. I think deep down, they know that they're just, she's standing in her own way. You're just standing in your own way with like whatever, like limiting beliefs or crap that's like living inside of you that needs to be unearthed. And we need to rise up to be able to live in that space of your higher self, right? Because you have that vision, but it's like how people get stuck on the how and we get stuck in overwhelm and anxiety and, you know, anxiety and overwhelm are really like, I, we've been talking more and more about that on the podcast and I, it's a hot topic, man. (laughs) It is a hot topic because women are working hard. We are still not making as much as men are, but most of us are working full-time jobs. Plus we have side hustles. Plus we're in relationships or raising children and we're still doing the majority of the work, like household work and just, you know, life maintenance, it's tax season. You know, I'm doing all the taxes. Like (laughs) these ladies have a lot going on and they just need they need to find their sisters. They need to get in the room with the people who are doing what they want to be doing and feel supported and feel safe and heard and seen so that they can unpack the garbage baggage that's in their head and make some peace with it and then like go out and kick ass. I love Mm -hmm. that. I love that. And I really hope people are paying attention because I think when we're trying to hit our revenue goals, it's really easy to think, okay, I need to have this many sales calls. I need to say this. And it ends up being all numbers and conversions and whatever, but there are humans that you are connecting with. So it's really important Mm -hmm. to be able to lean into that. On the flip side, I know just from the women in our community that one of the things that they struggle with is that because they want to give so much, those breakthrough calls, which are fitting calls essentially, end up being coaching sessions. (laughs) <laughs> right they end up giving free coaching um, which is oh. not what we want to do so how do we make sure that we're not giving you know devaluing our time and our expertise and just any other kind of strategic things that are like really good ingredients that people should have in in those calls that are leading to those kind of crazy 80% guys <laughs> experiencing oh. oh my god I love this question because Betsy, we used to do this really badly and like, especially Betsy, cause she would just get so excited. She's like this girl is amazing. And then you just start jumping and coaching yeah. them. And then they're like, I've got everything I need. Thank you very much. Or I will never or forget. They get so overwhelmed because they can't <laughs> see what you can see that they yes. freak out and back away. Yeah. 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 One or the other will happen. Yeah. Yeah. I just, the, re- the moment that I woke up to this was we were on this coach we were on a coaching call we were on a breakthrough call with this girl and she's like oh okay so I need to do this this and this and then I'll be in touch and I was like wait what just happened I had that moment of like whatever (laughs) but here's the deal so when we want to give and serve you know it's such like serving is such a twisted word to me at this moment in time because when we are being of service we are supporting right but are you actually, you have to ask yourself this question. Are you really supporting them and serving them in that moment? If you are giving them free coaching, they're not actually investing in themselves. They're just taking. So you're not really serving them. If you get on a breakthrough call or a discovery call and just go hog wild and give them all the goods for free. 
And also, really, they don't end up like they there don't do anything be, with it. There has to be an energy or a value exchange happening. Like, yeah. how many of us have like an email inbox chock a block full of freebies and free trainings and all this, and you never watch them? Like, they're probably really valuable content, <laughs> but you never actually see it. And if you're coaching on a free breakthrough call, like, there might be the odd person, like one out of 10 in the crowd that will actually take that content and then go and run with it. But most people will be like, okay, cool. And then they won't, you know, you look back at, you know, a few months later and like, they haven't done anything with their business. So it, it, no one was served in that manner. Like no, no one benefited, no one gained. And like, that's not cool. No. no, it's so true. I love how you reframe that, Betsy. It's like, we're actually doing them a disservice if we're doing that because we're not, encouraging them to take action yeah well and the other thing too you know I went I'm a certified health coach I went through the program and I remember getting out and I just wanted to help everybody like (laughs) everybody in the world I was going to change the world yada 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 and you know when we're when we're really excited at the beginning of our careers and we want it to get going and we want that momentum and we want that growth to happen we think that to do that, we need to go out and solve everybody's problems. But if nobody's asking for your help, it's going to fall on deaf ears and you're just going to get frustrated. So we talk to new coaches and they're, I mean, I've been on calls with people who have tried to coach me. <laughs> I'm like, sitting there going, I'm like, oh, we got to work on this, you know? And it's, it's understanding your audience and you can actually support them more by allowing them to have a transformation on that breakthrough call. So how do you get someone to have a transformation in a breakthrough call? Talk about their big vision. What is it that they're trying to create with their lives? Allow them to step into that next level version of themselves. And you don't need to coach them to get there. You just need to ask the questions like, what do you want for your life? Where do you see yourself in six months to a year? And then allow them to do the work because a good coach knows that they need to take a step back and just hold space. And once that energetic exchange happens with the money, then you get to go in, then you get to go deep, then you get to unpack, then you get to do all the things. But if you start coaching before, you run the risk of just scaring them off because they're going to be like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Let them paint the picture of what they want up front. And it will change the conversation for you and the conversion. I love that. Love, 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 love. And so we've been speaking about the transformations that you're facilitating for them. I want to find out what some of the biggest transformations have been for both of you personally. It was really lovely when I was was having coffee with Betsy, you were so transparent with like the numbers. And I'll just say for everyone listening, like listening to the trajectory of their business. Oh my God. Like, (laughs) (laughs) amazing um so what have been some of the transformations that have been happening to both of you personally over the last 18 months that have facilitated that insane level of growth Mm. um the one the first one that comes to my mind is like really understanding how to celebrate your wins Mm -hmm. you, you and no matter how big or how small like i think that you when you ask someone, we ask all of our students this all the time, like, well, what are you celebrating? What's your win this week? And people will often be like, well, I don't really have one. And it's like, bullshit. Yes, you do. Come on now. Like, what are your wins? Because, you know, Betsy and I are so ambitious and we are visionaries and we were always looking ahead, looking ahead, looking at it. And then we caught ourselves where we were so, we would achieve something. And then we were so quick to move on to the next step that we weren't actually stopping to really acknowledge 
a milestone or a success or money and really receive it. So like really celebrate it and receive it. And like, okay, because if your goal is to make, you know, that we made a hundred thousand dollars in our first year of business, if that, that's your goal, you're not, it's like, it's going to feel like a long year. First of all, <laughs> it's going to go by fast, but it's also going to, on a day-to-day basis, it's going to feel long. And before you hit that hundred thousand dollar mark, you have to celebrate. Like I made $200. I made a thousand dollars. I made, you know, you have to celebrate the little milestones. Um, and you know, we, we do this always, you know, and, and I mean, that's a surface level question. Then we always dig much deeper into it with our students. But we had one student recently who we asked, like, what are you celebrating this week? And she said, well, I don't don't really have any big wins. And then we kind of picked away and dug into it. She, in the first six weeks of her business had manifested like $2,000 first six weeks. And she was like, Oh yeah, I, I, you're right. I, I did make some money. Like, uh uh-huh. Yeah. We need to like really celebrate and honor that. Like receive it because abundance begets abundance. And if you're not honoring the little amounts of money, the big ones won't come either. Mm -hmm. Ooh, so good. What about you, Betsy? Anything that comes to mind? Well, so my experience as a public figure, <laughs> I use that term so <laughs> but it's but for me, it's like every time we level up, more shit comes up. I say this all the time. Like you level up, your shit is going to come up. And so for me, the biggest lesson in the last eighteen months is that when I hit a plateau, there's usually a personal reason that has nothing to do with our business that I need to work through. And so that's when I. That's actually how I started really using the moon. It was to release my limiting beliefs, to really get comfortable and clear on what was bugging me and where I wanted to go. I think so often as entrepreneurs, you get so lost in your business and your business becomes your identity. But like, I'm, I'm an entirely different person outside of the business. I mean, the business is my life and it's an extension of me, but it's not all of me. And so learning how to you know, just be a daughter, taking care of my dad with Alzheimer's, you know, being there for my family, being a friend to Laura and not just her business partner when she needs something, you know, making sure that we're, we're taking vacations, going away, that, that Laura's daughter is, you know, being supported by her mom. Like those are all really important things to me. And so you, you have to do the deep work personally and get over your, like, obviously we would not be here if I had not sat down and been like, okay, your money mindset sucks, Betsy, get your shit together. (laughs) Coming from. So it's just all the little things, relationship issues come up. You got to deal with them. Money issues come up. You got to deal with it. And if you, if it's like playing whack-a-mole with your past and your emotions, when they come up, you have an option. You can smack it, It'll go down, but it's going to pop up when you least expect it. Or you can like stare it down, give it the evil eye and work it out (laughs) on its own. So I think just understanding that entrepreneurship and, and life go hand in hand, it'll help you grow faster. And, you know, also know that I've had health issues. So like, I've also been able to heal my health and my energy while building a business better than I ever could have in a nine to five job. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was just going to add to like, like Betsy has had like major trauma in her past, in her youth. And for a long time, she never wanted to talk about that because she was like, well, that has nothing to do with our business. Like, I'm, I'm never going to talk about that. Like that has nothing to do with it. It has everything to do with it. Do you know what I mean? Like her ability to release herself from that story of trauma and, and move forward and rewrite a new story for herself. Like often people will say to us, like, We'll ask them what's going on in their life and they'll tell us like, yeah, but it's just, uh, and they want to brush off like, no, 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 no. Like 
it might seem like it has nothing to do with your business, but it actually has everything to do with your business because if it's preventing you from like speaking out, sharing your story, standing in your power, really owning what you're doing, if it's in any way holding you back energetically, it will harm your business in the long run. You can try and force it for so long and then you'll burn out. So you have to deal with the stuff that's happening in your personal life. Oh, that's so good. And Betsy, we were speaking about that when we, when we met up about like you were sharing your experience and sharing it on the podcast about like being seen and things like that, that it's so interconnected in ways that we don't even realize how deep it goes. Yeah. And you know, I mean, for me, I always knew that I had this big vision of what I wanted to do and like what I was put here to do. And what I never understood is that the trauma that I experienced in my my early 20s was the thing that was keeping me from being able to speak my truth and as, as an adult. And, you know, it's so funny because when we started our business, like I was having weekly panic attacks. I was, Laura would ask me to do something and I'd be crying in the corner. And I, it was so visceral, like on such a deep level. And I'm like, you know, my past has nothing to do with my present. I'm just this broken person in this moment. And yet my vision, like you want to talk about fear. My vision was so freaking clear of what I wanted to do. And it was like, I could either sit crying or I could figure it out. And by no means was it easy. By no means was it something that I expected to share with the world. Um, I mean, the short version is I was sexually assaulted by someone and, you know, he was a stranger and it happened in my own house. And so like all these all these moments of fear were just me being afraid to be seen. And the reality of it was I wanted to be seen, but I had to heal the trauma in order to be seen. And I had to do it in front of people. So, you know, I I love when people come to me and they're like, I'm so afraid. And I'm like, I get it. I've been there. I understand. And so for me to have that voice and to be able to support women through that, I mean, it is, it is, it is very satisfying to me to be able to be that person that I didn't have. So again, the the vision is so much bigger. And so that was what got me through and got me to talk about it. And then I also had Laura in my corner. Who <laughs> um, was the patience of a saint and like <laughs> the saint to hold me while I'm working through all this stuff and being a complete spaz. But yeah, you just, you have to find the people that give you strength. Absolutely. So final question, what is this big vision that you have for this business? Where, what is the immediate future look like? What is the big picture vision? Well, there's Hmm. some books in the works. I will say that there's some very important books in the works. Um, I want, I personally, like as the money chick in our business, I want women to start feeling really, really good about money. I want more money to more women to be making money. And, um, I, I just, I think it has to start there. If we're going to make some major social change in our world, there are a lot of big problems in our world that need to be solved. Like there's more people and more mouths to feed every day and not enough food to go around. The environment is trashed. Like people are being disrespected, discriminated against, like there's some like big world problems. And I actually think all of those big world problems are going to be solved by, really empowered women who have some extra cash in their pocket and know how to deal with it, know what to do with it and know how to take action. Like I just, I do, I think that's, it's going to happen grassroots. It's going to have all of us, you know, I mean, it's like for me, I can only do so if I had stayed working as a pediatric nurse, I, you know, I had a set salary. I would have worked so many hours a week. I would have barely been able to spend any time with my child. And I definitely would not have had any energy or money left over to 
to create change and support other women in the world. So part of my why behind this business is like, well, I'm creating financial freedom for myself. I'm creating time freedom to spend with my daughter. But also like now I get to have more money and put it to work in the world, right? And I just, I want more good people. I want soulful entrepreneurs to have more money so we can solve these problems and do it in a way that feels good and actually works. Ah, I've got chills. What about you, Betsy? I second Laura. I think the more that we can be empowered as women and the sooner and the stronger are like the sooner we find our voices, the stronger our voices are, the more impact that we can make. So for me, it really is all about empowering and giving women the tools to heal so that they can go out and create these businesses and not feel less than because we are all worthy of our big vision. We are all worthy of the big dream and we are all worthy to make change in this world. So it's, it really does start with empowerment and healing and understanding. And then also, I think that women should be working together, not against each other. And so mm-hmm. collectively, if we can bring more women together who are supporting each other as they grow, then those are the social change makers. Those are the women that are going to go out and change the world because they have that network already. And we love being that safe space for women to land, to do this deeper work and then let them, you know, like, it's just, they get to go out and do the same thing that we're doing for their audience. And I find that the ripple effect. Yeah. It's just, it's so powerful to watch. Oh, I could talk to you guys all day. Love, love, love these conversations. (laughs) We could talk to you all day. We could talk to you all day. (laughs) Love it. How can people connect with you guys, learn more about all of the things? I wish that we had more time to go into all the things in Moon. Where can people, where can people learn all this stuff and continue to just soak up all that you guys have to offer? Yeah. Uh, So So the the first and best place is Instagram. We are luscious.hustle. L-U-S-C-I-O-U-S dot hustle on Instagram and we are luscious.com and we are the Luscious Hustle podcast and we are Luscious Hustle Insiders Group on Facebook. Those are like- We're Luscious Hustle, www.luscioushustle.com, not luscious.com. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> oh, did I say luscious.com? <laughs> yeah, you said luscious.com. I was like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah, luscioushustle.com. Sorry. Yeah, I'm so excited you. with the luscious. <laughs> okay, I'll put all of that in the show notes so you guys can connect with these lovely ladies. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you so much. So that's it for this week's episode of the Lifestyle Edit podcast. You can download more episodes of this podcast and subscribe in Apple Podcasts or iTunes. If you enjoyed what you heard, we would love a review or recommendation. It's the number one way for us to share these stories and insights with as many creative female entrepreneurs as possible. And don't forget, all the information on how to join the TLE community is in the show notes or simply head to thelifestyleedit.com to sign up.